3M seems to kind of have their their hands in every pot over here. <laughs> they're hands in a lot of pots. Yeah, they're getting Definitely. hit. They back got to the back. earplugs. They've got the bear huggers. You know, they make our nice little stickies. Um, luckily, nobody's been killed by the stickies lately, but everything else seems pretty dangerous. Well, how the hell are they like <laughs> staying in business? I mean, they, someone's got to be like, "Come on, guys! Like, you gotta <laughs> you gotta clean something up here one of these days." Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Took a week off. Crazy week uh, for me, but excited to finally be back. I heard some people were looking for updates, which I was a little surprised about. Oh, know. yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it was, you know, quite the, quite the uh, teaser you gave last time about what was going to be going down in the monkey world. And um, I mean, I've, I know some of it, maybe not all of it, but um, I think you were a little, I, I wouldn't say anxious, you're excited about yeah. it. Um, but, you know, uh, you didn't know how it was going to turn out. And then apparently some crazy good things happened. And then, yeah. um, and then maybe some issues as well, which it sounds like have all resolved. But that being said, um, we would love to hear the details, because I know it was a a very exciting time. <laughs> it was. It was a very eventful week. Um, you know, I was surprised that people were interested in NFTs. I feel like it's a very hit or miss thing. Um, sometimes when I start talking about it, you can tell they just kind of check out for a second. But uh, this week was crazy. It was crazy. So it all started on Tuesday. And keep in mind, we've been working on this nine or 10 months. Yeah, and it's a long time. A long time. Very long time. All unpaid as well. It's Well, and wasn't it even, I mean, you had started to working on it and then I guess the project, it wasn't approved or there were... There was all, it's because it's a DAO, the community has to vote on it. So when we were first were working on it, we weren't even sure if it was going to get voted or passed. Yeah, that's they, what I was thinking. Yeah, if it gets shot down... Um, then, you know, we can't pursue it. But at the same time, it's not going to pass unless it looks good, unless you can convince them and kind of show them at least a, a prototype of what the collection is going to look like. Um, so nine or 10 months, and then we just get a portion of the proceeds if it's, if it's successful. So that's really kind of the whole motivation there, or it's supposed to be incentivization. But you weren't, I mean, let's be honest, you're not in this for the money. No, It's no. a passion project, I yeah. think, because, I mean, the reality is from the start, I mean, you knew you might not ever get paid anything, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely a, um, a little bit of a coin toss, but this last week was pretty nuts. So I'm the spokesperson for the project, which means I'm going on a lot of spaces throughout the week. And for anyone that's unfamiliar with Twitter spaces, it's essentially like a live podcast just on Twitter. Someone can host the spaces and people can join in. Um, you know, you can get invited up to speak. If people have questions, they can request to speak and you can bring them up. Um, and so I've done those a lot, but this has been where it's more of like a, a campaign tour. I'm going across to a bunch <laughs> of different communities, a lot of different uh, spaces and in, in, uh, talking and spreading the good word of the monkey project. So you have like a stump speech, as they call them? Yeah. Well, I do have <laughs> kind of like a script in my head. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like writing anything out, but a lot of time, especially after you say kind of the same rough idea of stuff several times and you'll mix and match little um, and, 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 and anal analogies, analogies. Uh -huh. Yeah. And just and like little ben phrases. Ben-isms. Benisms, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know a few of those. I might have listened to a few spaces here and there. Yeah, so... As a, for the 15K, it's a 15K collection, a little recap, 15K collection, we already have 5,000 NFTs, and the first phase started on Tuesday. Which and just back up, just, just because I know some people don't know, so when you say a 15K collection, you mean that there are 15,000 pieces of artwork or monkeys, yes. is that correct? Yeah, so, so the digital... NFT, yes, and okay. it's a picture of a monkey, pixelated monkey, and the original collection called Gen 2. Generation okay. 2, which I don't even want to get into why it's Gen 2, Gen 1. It's a long story. But okay. Well, it kind of makes sense. It's the second generation, I'm assuming, like the children of the Something like that. Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the original collection is Gen 2. It's okay. 5,000 um, NFTs. Each one's a monkey picture. And they've been going, I mean, they've been one of the top projects on Solana for a while. We have. And at some points, the minimum price is called floor price. So it's mm -hmm. a minimum price that you can buy one at. It's been up to like 30 or 50K. And it currently holds the highest, or the, yeah, the highest sale of an NFT, that collection, which was a Skelly King. It's like a skeleton monkey and had a king's crown. It looks sick. It was the best one in the collection. Sold for $2.3 million. What? 
What? Yeah. Who, who the heck bought that? So I actually met the guy that bought it. He works for a project called Orca, which is a crypto um, DeFi kind of project exchange partially. Um, and it was a group of people that all kind of pooled money together, but one guy kind of took the credit for, for buying it. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot that comes along with kind of having that official, real biggest sale ever. There's a lot of wash trading or people buying their own stuff, but this one was a real one. Okay. Um, and the second collection is 15,000 and they're also pixelated monkeys, but they're higher pixel counts, a little bit more detail, new attributes, some from the old, um, and then a lot, a lot of new ones. Okay, and I, I hate to keep stopping you, but oh, yeah. just just kind of from people who don't speak your language, when you say attributes, can you explain? But I mean, I, yeah. I kind of know, but can you explain what? No, that's a great are? question. So attributes, you can think of it as like fur styles. You know, if there's there's blue fur, monkeys, fur styles. Yeah, well, you know, there's like the skeleton monkey, <laughs> uh-huh. right? So he's skelly. There's okay. alien, which is uh, just like a very light blue. There's zombie, where it's like dark green and kind of has like some red pixels, looks like blood or something like that. Okay. Um, ours have we have a variety of other ones we have like some legendary ones like a demon one uh has like these curly horns looks fantastic i'm i'll, I'll send a few pictures to uh fern so you can throw yeah. them up so when you say the attributes does that also include things like i know some of them have like flowers yeah or um hats or hats. sunglasses yep. um so it's, it's basically like like i would say accessories accessories yeah yeah no <laughs> although skin i guess isn't an accessory or or, or yeah. horns maybe or body parts but so they're just um, the distinguishing features, maybe? Great way to describe it. Yeah, just okay. different aspects of it. Okay. So uh, it makes them individual and unique. And yeah. so there's certain things that are like more exciting and special than, than exactly. others. Or, or, and it, I guess because you use the term rarity a lot. So yeah. they're, if things that um, are very rare or not many monkeys have are going to be worth valuable. more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. like I was talking about the Skelly King, there's only one of those where it has the king's crown, which is why I went for so much. Yeah. Um, and then there's attri- other attributes like just normal sunglasses. And those are pretty common, so they won't go for as much. But then there's, um, like I said, like the legendary ones. We have an invisible cloak, which is really cool the way the artist did it. You put a cloak on, you know, you can tell it's a cloak on the monkey. And the color of it, it's the same color as the background. So it kind of looks like he's fading into the background. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then those, like rarity, you know, there's just not as many of them. There's maybe 50, 60 in the collection, which is very few out of 15,000. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, and, and Solana and overall crypto has kind of been in a bear market recently. Yeah. Things aren't going well. Prices are going down. Um, the vibes haven't been great. And we needed to release this this month because we owe $2 million by July 14th. Yeah. It's a little tight. It's it's, it's a little tight. (laughs) Well, and especially because there was a big delay, right? Because initially um, there, I I guess, I don't don't remember the details of it, but but, uh, it didn't get passed to go forward the first time around. And then it did. So, so yeah, you're on a bit more of a tight schedule. Exactly. We had to change up the proposal, and then it finally got passed. And they're like, okay, now we can buckle down and start working on it or really give it our all, at least. And with the crypto market not being great, there's not many new projects coming out. And a lot of the established ones just aren't doing as well. Yeah. And in order to pay for that $2 million bill, we had to make the price pretty expensive, comparatively at least to, like, other mints. Or, and a mint is, like, a new collection coming out and buying releasing a new yeah 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 um so it it was pretty expensive solana easiest i mean it fluctuates like 15 to 20 but you can just kind of assume for 20 for math reasons here one solana is 20 dollars and so there's three phases of it the original gen 2 collection there's five thousand of them for each gen 2 they got one gen 3 and they paid 12 soul for that so 240 dollars and then there was the private sale which was 14 soul and that was 1000 supply and that went to our own community members again people really liked it and they wanted to get two or three on top of the one they already were promised then they could do that there Mm -hmm. and that was going for 14 soul so 280 dollars i think something like that yeah 280 and then the big one which was the one we were really worried about it was a public raffle and that was for anyone to participate but it was also the most expensive right right and that was 4000 supply and the price was 19.9 soul plus a 0.1 non-refundable fee. And so the way that the raffle works is that you can pay to buy a ticket, and it's about it's 20 soul essentially, but 0.1 of that's non-refundable. Mm-hmm. And if you lose and you don't get one, then you just get that 19.9 sent back to you. Okay. But if you win, then you get the NFT instead. 
And so we were really worried because it is expensive. I mean, 20 soul, that's a lot of 400 bucks for one picture of a monkey. Wow, but they're really cool. Value they are cool. Like, and the community gives you access to the yeah, community. There's a lot more to it than just the picture. There is, there is. But I think from an outside perspective, it's like that's, that's nuts. And well, the general public. Yeah. Although there's probably a lot of the general public that would like to have a monkey that just hasn't. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's a limited commodity, and and when new monkeys are going to be released, I mean, I'm sure there was a certain buzz and certain excitement yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, and so there's a lot of hesitation. Even some of our partners were trying to convince us, like, guys, there's not enough money in the ecosystem right now. People are not buying NFTs. Four thousand. That's a lot. You guys are going to struggle to sell out, but we had to because we had that that yeah, bill due yeah, yeah. Uh, July 14th. Make or break. Make or break. We got to do it. Um, and so. I went on a massive spaces escapade. I mean, I was dated every single day. I'd go on a few. On Wednesday, the day before, I was on five hours of spaces, just back to back, talking about the project, trying to get people excited about it, explaining what we're about, um, and just trying to spread the good word, like I said. And then Thursday came around, raffle opens up. We sell 4,000 tickets in 15 minutes which just blew our expectations out of the water. Like we were just praying that we would sell 4,000 tickets because if we didn't, then, it, I mean, we're completely screwed. Everything, mm. the team's, the team's fucked because everyone's like, why the hell are you doing this? The brand loses a lot of, uh, I don't know, validity or kind of reputation. Oh, credibility. credibility. But so what would, so if, um, you, that if, if you didn't sell them and you couldn't make that payment, what was going to happen? Uh, we weren't going to be able to buy the IP and we we're going to default on our, on our loan or on our, uh, initial payment, so I think we would have lost out on the million that we already put down on it. Oh, so yeah, okay. it was bad. Yeah, it was gonna be bad. It was gonna be yeah. bad. Uh, but we all sold. Right, so in fifteen minutes, 15 like minutes. all four thousand. Yeah, and and so this is a so there are four thousand available, but these are raffle tickets for the four thousand. Yeah. So if only four thousand were sold, then everybody who got a ticket got a monkey. Yeah, and as as more tickets are sold, uh, the odds obviously right. of each ticket winning one is goes down. Um, and so we were like so relieved. I mean, 15 minutes, 4,000. Okay. Phew, like, okay. At least we, at least oh, we sold out. Yeah. yeah. And so we were like figuring out, oh, I think it's going to go 15K, 10K. I was thinking if we got 20, that would be insane. 20,000 tickets. That's nuts. And keep in mind, that's 20,000 times 20 soul. And that's like money just going in. Uh, we hit 20K. I went to bed feeling good. Woke up. It was 37K. And I was wow. like, holy fuck. And then uh, it was open for a full 24 hours, which was 11 a.m. our time to 11 a.m. the next day. And then the last few hours just went insane. They, we opened up the spaces, and I was talking. We had 900 people on the spaces listening, um, and we were doing countdown. And we ended up selling 80K tickets, which is an absurd amount of Solana. This is over $35 million in one wallet of liquidity that no one thought was there. No one thought we were even going to sell out. And then all of a sudden, $35 million comes out. People are going through their couch cushions <laughs> trying to find as all the Solana they can. I was a little skeptical about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then over a million Solana, I think the, it was the 0.325% of circulating Solana was in that raffle, which... I know, like it sounds like a small percentage, but in terms of crypto, well, it's but insane. If, yeah, yeah. I mean, of all of the basic crypto money that's yeah. out there, I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and so it broke records throughout Solana, throughout just in the general ecosystem. Everyone was talking about it. No one, again, like I said, there's a lot of people that were like, "Oh, I'm excited about it." A lot of people didn't think it would do well, and then it went absolutely insane. It brought all this new money, all these new players, um, just new community members in. Uh, we had a spaces for 900 people, and then we had to refund the money. And this is where oh. everyone everyone was pretty nervous because they're like, Jesus Christ, one entity has $35 million in their wallet. They could That's go buy. It's basically not theirs because, uh, yeah, because if you don't get the monkey, you only get to keep the the money for 4000 exactly of them, exactly the other 76000 which was like 1.6 million or something like that yeah, so we had yeah. you know over 30 million dollars that we like needed to refund that's, yeah it's really scary stuff yeah. uh, so we needed to refund that and we were hoping to get it out in an hour because people get really nervous about it and so i was on the spaces talking and we we're just talking about random stuff excitement there's, t there's so many people coming up giving their like oh congratulations the team killed it and this is a team of five people as well so i'm one of five people that, that you know made this entire project 
um, along with the help of a lot of other people right, as well. Right, but right, that was right. kind of like the core. You were like the five on the hook kind of. Yeah, exactly. So like if the shit hit the fan and it was a big failure, you five are going to get looked at. Yep. So but so you also get all of the kudos yeah. and you know yeah. the the. the uh, pats on the back and everything. Yeah, and since I'm a spokesperson, you know, I'm actually talking to the people that are usually either really angry or really happy, excited, whatever it is. Uh, and so we were trying to get the refunds out within the next hour, but we didn't expect 80,000 tickets. That's That's a, it was tens of thousands of wallets, millions and millions of dollars, trying to get all that out in, a, in an hour. I mean, even for a Web2 massive company, that's incredibly hard, if not impossible. Yeah, I can't imagine. So there was a bunch of issues going on in the back end, but we didn't want to end the spaces because then everyone's be like, where are these guys? Is like, where are they going? You know, they're not talking. They're not here. They're, everyone gets a little nervous, cold feet. So Benny just had to keep talking, uh, so, keep talking yeah. until they went through. I had to keep talking. The team was panicking. <laughs> on the back end trying to figure everything out you were cool as a cucumber i will say because i was listening yeah yeah so and i was just pulling stuff out of my ass i was bringing people <laughs> up asking questions ended up the spaces it took six hours for the refunds to go out and the entire six hours i was hosting the spaces talking to people bringing people up it was exhausting talking people off the ledge yeah. keeping them calm keeping them cool and there were some pretty intense questions too um, yeah, I mean, and just that's from what I heard. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the fun part of it too, is you don't know what people are going to ask. You don't know what you're going to talk about. And so sometimes you'll get questions that you don't expect, or, you know, the answer isn't something that you're really, you, you have to phrase it in a way because it's not a very good answer, uh, or not something a lot of people want to hear. Can't really well, you got to give bad news yeah. or, you know, news about delays. Exactly. But it all did get refunded then. Yep. And so that part, whew. Yeah, all that got refunded. And then the they're called mint barrels because they're unrevealed. And then uh -huh. you'll be able to crack open your barrel to get the monkey inside, you know, like a monkey yeah, in a barrel. Yeah, I think you talked about that a little bit the last time. And it sounded really kind of cool because, you know, it, it kind of like delays the gratification. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, there's the excitement that out of 80,000 people trying to buy them that oh you got a barrel yeah. so you got a monkey but you still don't know what the monkey looks like or what the attributes are whether mm -hmm. it's a really great monkey or a more average kind of run-of-the-mill yeah. monkey and so then that the second big excitement is when you get to crack the barrel open yeah exactly and so what the raffle ended friday did five hours of spaces uh, and then i came up here we had a little bit of a staycation kind of celebratory right before my birthday as well and then monday july 3rd we're supposed to be able to crack open the barrels and we've been working with this team for a long time to kind of get it set up completely random when you crack it open it could be a very every day every day of, you know the mill like you said all monkeys are pretty cool right yeah i mean, uh, I mean they all look good but there are some that just look great yeah um or you could get a legendary and those legendaries are just going to be worth a lot more we learned it was six hours before the reveal and the team that was handling it contacted and it was like we got a problem well and this is kind of leading up to this too so this was your, your birthday weekend you were doing a staycation yeah. down here in tucson and i think i didn't realize how dramatic this was but that you were looking at this either as being you know if you guys didn't sell the four thousand, you were going to be kind of like a you know recuperate oh, yeah. devastation weekend licking, you our know, wounds. licking your wounds weekend um but then you came off on this whole high we're eighty thousand, so it was like this big celebratory weekend yeah and then um, we got to celebrate with you guys Sunday night. We had a fabulous dinner, still on this total high. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next morning, I heard things a little different. Yeah. So between the, between the end of dinner. <laughs> well, so it was at dinner, and I was getting a lot of Discord messages. I was looking out, and, and people were hopping on calls, and they said there was some bad stuff going on. Oh, but my gosh. Uh, they were in a call, so they weren't, like, actually saying it in the chat. And then I got back to the hotel room, and me and Christine were going to watch a movie. <laughs> and we're so we're gonna relax. And I was like, oh, hold on one second. Let me just hop on a call. Let me see what's going on. Hop on a call. Everyone is super just gloom and doom, and mm -hmm. like, you know they're freaking out a little bit. Uh, and and they found out that if someone had enough resources, they could find a way to know which monkeys were coming out when you before you unbox it. So they'd be able to kind of snipe all the rare ones. You know, they would be able to hold off, buy a bunch of barrels and wait until they know that a really good one's going to be next, and then they would crack it open and get that. Oh, so the barrels don't have anything in them when yeah. you get them. Yeah. 
then the monkeys appear when you're ready to crack them open. Oh, exactly. So I there's, didn't get that. Okay. There's, so there's no monkey actually attached to the barrel. It's right. Not you actually just have anywhere. a barrel and the monkeys come later. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and okay. so every barrel, as soon as you open it, it's just completely random. There's no yeah, like direct yeah. correlation there. Um, and so that's massive. I mean, if one person can individually make sure they get all of the very valuable, rare, good-looking ones, it is a terrible experience for everyone else. Oh, yeah. And they thought it was extremely unlikely, but possible. And then over the course of like three to four hours of being on this call, going back and forth, reaching out to different teams, we found out that it actually had already happened. It happened before and they didn't, they weren't aware of it. And which means that someone had already written the code. They'd already kind of had this entire setup where if they wanted to do it, then, then they could. And if there's any collection that's going to have it be done too, it's ours. Oh, so, so they didn't specifically write it for this monkey barrel cracking yeah. thing. It was just a, a program that they wrote that would apply to any kind of reveal like yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. All right. All and right. Uh, I'm learning so much more about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so other projects have had this type of reveal process oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, where, you know, they have a unrevealed NFT and then, you know, you crack it open or you open it, whatever it is. And then this completely random uh, NFT comes out of it. And so over the course of like three to four hours, I mean, it's like 2, 3 a.m. my time. It's 6 a.m. some other people. We have the reveal in like four hours. We've been hyping it up for months all that entire week. That's my big speaking point. July 3rd, you're going to be able to crack open your barrel and see it. And we have to put out an announcement. We got to postpone it. We found out that there's this bug. Um, everyone, there's a lot of people absolutely pissed. There's a lot of people that um, are understanding. I mean, they know they don't want to kind of have that happen right they don't want their rares to be stolen um so then we have to go on to this massive like pr licking our wounds situation where it's like hey guys like i know this sucks but half glass half full we found it before it happened and i'm the one having to say this which is why i, I even, know again i was even more frustrated with the the team that let this happen because they've they've been aware of it for a while they just didn't want to deal you with had it had no idea that they didn't tell us until yeah, hours yeah. before and it was like i even said in the call it's like how you guys knew about this and you're choosing hours before the reveal to let us know. Like, this is insane. They got paid like over a hundred grand, 200 grand for this entire thing. So, I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, they, they got to be doing a good job. Um, so then we get postponed it and they're, they're figuring it out. And this upcoming Friday, which is in two days, is going to be the big reveal. Okay. So everything's fixed. Yeah, we're good. And everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was listening on, so I guess it was Monkey Mondays where you guys were really, again, talking people off the ledge. Yeah. And because, I mean, again, it's another scary thing. Um, are, are there. I don't know. Is there, is there, are there rare monkeys going to get sniped or something yeah. like that? And did they, you know, I mean, that's kind of fraudulent, right? I mean, they put their money oh, in, yeah. assuming that this is going to be completely random and that they have just as much chance as everybody else. And then, then they're not. Um, so that was, it was pretty dramatic, yeah. um, pretty intense for sure. But it sounded like it was handled really well. And I mean, you know, the good thing is that, I mean, you guys were very honest and forthright about it as soon as you knew um, you know, you took the right steps and you said, Hey, I mean, it's a disappointment to delay it, but, but this is what's going to be fair. This is going to, what's going to be equitable, ethical, all mm -hmm. of those things. So, and you guys are all confident now that at this point it's going to be completely random, unbiased. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely feeling good about it. Monday was supposed to be this, like we marketed as like, this is the reveal party. Come hang out with us. Come crack open your barrels. Uh, and then hours before we'd be like, all right, guys, sorry, this is actually a talk, <laughs> off, talk down the ledge spaces. Okay. Party, party's going to be delayed. Yeah. So then when is the real party now? It's going to be this Friday, uh, 9.30 our time. And then that's going to be during our town hall where it's essentially the entire community kind of hops in discord and we're going to kind of do a little mini party there. And then after 30 minutes, once 10 hits, we're going to go into a space is another thing that I'm hosting and bring up people from the community. You know, everyone gets to share their monkey, the rare that they got, the non-rare, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And kind of have this big celebratory thing, which we're feeling really good about. Right now, everything's on track. But last time, <laughs> last time we were too, until a few hours before. So I'm not, I'm holding my breath a little bit, not, not getting too excited. I want to make sure we get past it and then yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing, I mean, and if there is another delay, it would only be because you guys are trying to absolutely ensure yeah. the security and the integrity of the whole process. So, um, but it sounds like that's all been cleaned up. And so, and so you have how many 
You have two. I have three barrels total. Okay. Um, which is kind of unfortunate because of, you know we spent not ten, nine, ten months working on this project. I only yeah. get three monkeys. <laughs> Tough stuff. But so, but but I mean, it kind of also goes to show that the um, lottery situation is fair. I mean, mm-hmm. if you as spokes monkey. You know, one of the five team members had like 30 barrels. That yeah. might look suspicious. Um, well, and there's been projects that do that. They give themselves, you know, 50 or 100 or they pay uh, influencers or marketers, whatever, in, in those NFTs. And then they, you know, talk it up, make sure it does really well and then dumps all of them onto the market and, you know, lowers the price. But, you know, they make a bag from it. And so it's a really bad look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we obviously didn't want, want that to happen. Yeah. No bad looks. No, no bad looks. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, this is exciting. Yeah. Um, again. <laughs> Overall, good success. I mean, it was... Well, a huge success. I mean, just the fact that, I mean, that the excitement was there, the passion was there, the commitment. And and I guess, you know, when you were talking about the fact that people were saying, you know, the naysayers are saying, oh, there's not even that much money in Solana and everything. I mean, where did all of this come from? Were people cashing out, you know, say, Ethereum or are there other... Uh, what were they doing? Oh, actually, funny thing I totally forgot to mention, too, is the morning that the raffle opened up, Solana pumped 10%, which means people were either switching over from other cryptos to buy Solana. Oh, so the amount of Solana owned just went went up. So people people were buying buying Solana so that they could buy the monkeys. Exactly. And so, and then the second day, once we started, like overnight, once we broke 50K, 60K, 70K, and it was going to the last hours, I think Solana pumped like, 30 to 40% over a 24 hour period. And everyone was like, this, the only explanation for this is the $35 million going into this one project. I mean, see, you, you could save, you could get rid of the bear market. You could end the bear market, the monkeys. That's what we are saying. Single tailedly. I don't know about single. That's why I was, I was going on Spaces joking around. I was like, guys, you're welcome. We pumped your pumped your bags 30%. You don't even have to buy a monkey and you're still making a little money. Here. Everybody, everybody shares the love. Yeah. Wow, the monkey love. Exactly, exactly. So we'll see how it goes. I, you know, hopefully I get a rare. I'm excited about it. I'm yeah. saving a little bit of funds to pick some up off secondary if I get unlucky. Uh, but overall, massive success. Uh, we, you know, for me personally, I've, it's been a really long journey being in, in crypto and NFTs for over a year now. This has been, you know, working on a project like this of this size with this amount of success has been, you know, only a dream at yeah. this point. So this week definitely has been a little bit surreal. And especially the fact that I get to be on these spaces. And I know, you know, I'm representing a lot of people that worked on this, but there's people that are like saying it, you know, to me, essentially, right? The team, congratulations team, team of five that I'm a member yeah, of. So. No, I've heard a lot of that. I mean, major kudos and a lot of shout-outs for, for Benny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's been good. It's been good. But we should probably get on to... Oh, legal stuff? Legal stuff. Uh, okay. Well, we will just say that, that next time we will, again, talk about this a little bit so that we can hear about the unveiling that hopefully... Yeah. Or the uh, barrel breaking that hopefully will actually be happening on Friday. So yeah. very exciting. Cool. All right. So we're up to date on that. Um and then interesting cases in the news. We always kick off with this, which is yeah. my most, and it's my favorite part because I feel like that's <laughs> just the most absurd or relatable stuff comes from. Yeah. Well, so this one, I don't know if it's so absurd, um, but it's really terrifying. And a lot of people have probably seen this because there was a video um, that's all over YouTube and the news stations and everything. But there was this crazy, horrifying accident that happened actually at a, um, a at a amusement park in Mexico where a six-year-old boy was on a zip line. Mm-hmm. And I don't have you seen these videos? No, not at all. Oh, my gosh. It's so horrifying. Um, and, and you've been on zip lines. I actually happen to know that. Um, <laughs> I've put you on zip lines, which I, I'm starting to regret. Anyway, so he's on the zip line. And you can see on the video, he's, he's with an adult. And at one point, he just drops. And it fell 40 feet. Yeah, so apparently um, the harness broke, and he dropped 40 feet, Jesus. and it was, luckily, thank God, it was into, um, into a body of water. Wow. However, he's six years old, it was this, and so somebody had to jump in and try to save him. That person, I mean, it, was, it looked like apparently they were both going to drown. Some other people had to dive, had to dive in and save them. They rescued the kid. Um, he's okay. But, I mean, holy crap, how scary yeah. is that? Um, and so, of course, uh, because this is like hot in the news and everything, all of these other stories are coming out about other similar or really? you know, similar accidents with zip lines. And I mean, it's really terrifying. I mean, I'm very afraid of heights to start with. Oh, me too. 
Um, but I've, you know, but I've been like kind of peer pressured, um, and I've done it a, a couple of times. Um, one of which when, um, we were in Maui one time, I don't know if you recall that yeah. we did a, a zip line and I mean, I was terrified. You really wanted to do it. Um, and then we were with Val and JP and they, they were all great about it. But I mean, I remember just being absolutely terrified when I finally let go and, 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 you know, went with it. Yeah, well, that one wasn't, like, super high. I've seen videos of, like, them going through the Amazon forest, and it's yeah. hundreds of feet in the air, you know, 40, 50, some insane. Yeah. That, those are those are crazy. Well, and that's, like, that's this thing. I think, yeah. as a matter of fact, I think what it was the, it was something, um, the name of the resort was something about Ama, Amazon or something. But, yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, I mean, crazy. Oh, Park Amazonia is the name of the place. Um, and so, and actually when, um, Peter and I were traveling a few years ago, we were in Costa Rica mm -hmm. and there was a, um, a, a zip line event that we went to. I'm not sure. I, I'm sure Peter wanted to do it. He's not afraid of heights, but it was completely different. And it, it was probably similar to this, but what it was, was there, I mean, you, it was like seven or eight zip lines. And basically one would go to this like tree stand where there's a platform. And then you would go from that one to another zip yeah. line. And so it was like this whole process before you got down to the, to the bottom of the mountain. Um, and I was actually a, a little bit less scared on that one because there were so many trees that you actually couldn't see the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, and I pretty much just like closed my eyes, <laughs> but, um, and, and we were fine. Although, um, there was a woman, so, you know, it's like each person goes down and they all collect on, on that platform and then they start the process again. Yeah. And when we were on the platform, a woman came down and she came down pretty fast and she actually hit her leg on the platform. Oh. Yeah. She didn't break, um, her leg, but she started like kind of panic and, and hyperventilating, which I would do too. Cause yeah. it was like terrifying. Um, and luckily Peter kind of jumped to the rescue and, you know, her heart was pounding and his, and he's so calm. He's like ma'am, I'm a cardiologist, you're going to be fine, yeah. just checking your heart rate, you know, it kind of calmed her down and everything. And so there were no major um, crises on that. But I have to say, um, after seeing this, I did kind of do a Google search and started looking at different, um, how many zipline accidents there are. And I'm never doing this again, because <laughs> there are a lot, yeah, a lot. Um, and some of like the, the, the one that like really... Um, was was horrifying to me was there was one where it was a couple that were on their honeymoon and well one of the one of the common accidents that happens is that if somebody get, if if somebody gets stuck um, or is still on the zip line and they send another person down they can crash into each other yeah yeah um, well and actually before I get to the horrible story there was one that was a little bit more amusing where <laughs> there was a sloth on on the zip line and a kid actually hit the sloth Jesus but Christ. apparently sloth and child survived that one without injury but um i don't know how the sloth doesn't uh, doesn't take some big hits there <laughs> i mean full speed kid unless it's a toddler if he's eight or nine he's got some big weight behind him the sloth's just hanging out that's not a fast creature that's not a durable one either <laughs> full speed slam into that i would could imagine just limbs flying off well luckily in that case there were not but you know it's kind of weird too like i mean these is this in the middle of these jungles. I mean, wouldn't a sloth prefer like a nice tree branch to kind of because they hang there and they sleep, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like slovenly sloth. They've got a lot of options, uh, right? And then they pick this like metal, uh, you know, uh, cable that yeah. you know the obnoxious humans tourists are flying down at r ridiculous speeds. I mean, it seems like a really poor choice. Maybe we're weeding out. The... And that's natural selection at that point. That sloth probably had to get a quick wake up call. <laughs> he wasn't going to last much longer otherwise. You know what? That sloth procreating. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't know that. Anyway, so the horrible story, though, with the collision was there was a, a couple who was on uh, or, or on their honeymoon, and um, the woman had gone down, and, and, and she got stuck, um, and the operator didn't realize that and sent the husband down, oh and they slammed God. into each other. Well, and and you know, I guess it's it. it it doesn't seem like you go that fast, but I guess you do. Um, and they both were seriously injured and had to be taken to the hospital, but the husband ended up dying from his injuries. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, here you are on your on your honeymoon, and it's just... Well, and I mean, it's like one thing where, you know, a significant other dying is obviously always a terrible thing, but to have it where an impact, like, 
you know, you two hitting each other, right? It's like, it's oh not God, your yeah. fault, but you being there is kind of the cause of it, right? Yeah. That, that must have some emotional damage just alone there. Yeah, I can't, can't, cannot even imagine. Um, and there was another, actually, just um, the week before in Colorado, there was another collision with um, actually three people, a 21-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a eight-year-old. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and, it's a, and in that one, the adult and one of the children were in critical condition. They're just um, throwing them down the line back to back, not even, not even taking a look, no, no precautions, just... Yeah, I mean, in that one, they were specifically saying that there was apparently a miscommunication regarding whether or not the zip line had been cleared between guests. Um, you know, and it, it kind of gets to these these situations where, you know, the, the question is, I mean, there are all, all kinds of safety protocols that need to be followed, uh, but you also have to have decently trained employees. Yeah. Um, and then some of these, so that one was in Colorado. The other one, though, was in Mexico. And a lot of these are, you know, like the one I was on was in Costa Rica. And it's very probably different safety standards yeah, in yeah. certain maybe third world countries and that sort of situation. Um, I was going to say, I feel like they're, especially in those different countries, like the odds of them being not fully trained or the hardware not necessarily being up to date or up to safety protocols are more likely, if not probably, probably happening. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just looking through these, there were some other ones like um, in various situations, like the 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 trees that they're attached to have collapsed. There was another one where um, there were these these big um, uh, poles that came down. Um, and then a, a, another one, actually, well, this was a 2013 one, but it, it just kind of rang the bell with the thing that had happened to us in Costa Rica, where a woman came crashing into the platform, um, numerous fractures, um, multiple surgeries. So what happens in these cases? Are they suing the zipline uh, yeah. establishment because I know you do sign a waiver when you do these things which is supposed to protect them but I'm assuming when it's this extreme or well uh, so uh, you know and I mean we really don't plan these questions but <laughs> but I but I, I thought okay the logical question is going to be you know don't people sign waivers and what does that mean as far as lawsuits and so it's um, it, it's a good question because they always do have you sign these waivers I mean basically anything you do these days are having you sign a waiver yeah. um, and in fact I remember at one point I think it might have even been it was one of the earlier trips that Peter and I took and they were giving us the waivers, and he's like, oh, you're a lawyer. Why are you signing this? And I said, look at my signature, and it said Minnie Mouse. Oh, really? Yeah, so he signed Mickey. Can you do that? Here's the thing. The employees are not even freaking looking. They, yeah. they don't, they, I mean, again, these people are not well trained. And in and, and a lot of the places, the um, you know the employees are going to be very well. They're trained. They're going to be looking at your license. They're going to be checking that that sort of thing. Um, but one of the issues, so so li- uh, waivers of liability sometimes are enforceable, but it's strict. And, and this can vary from state to state as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, you know, it has to be very specific. Um, it has to be clear that you understood what risks you were taking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, any kind of intentional acts or sometimes gross negligence are not going to be covered. Um, but a lot of people, and, and I think one of the reasons that everybody has you sign these waivers is that the average person thinks, well, I signed the waiver, I can't do anything. And so they don't talk to a lawyer, they don't try to pursue it. But the reality is that many, many times, Mm -hmm. you can get out of that waiver, you can still file, you know, file a lawsuit. So it's always, always a good idea to to talk to an attorney to um, get a copy of the waiver, take a look at it if you actually signed your name to it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then so if you didn't sign your name, but they have a recording of you signing it, just not your name, is that count or well you know it's arguable again yeah. and i mean did they adequately explain what you need and and so the you know do you ever see anybody sit and actually read it either i mean oh, it's, no. they're in a big hurry they're trying to strap you into these things they're showing you how to do this they're like here sign here um they almost don't give you the opportunity um and if you ask them and of course me being the obnoxious lawyer that i am will sometimes say well tell me what the risks are oh it's fine uh, there's no problems really we've never had an accident la 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 yeah. you know and again if they're recording that um, that will be problematic yeah. for them. And, and I mean, it sounds kind of similar to like terms of use when you buy a new phone or you sign up for some type of subscription and they, you know, it makes you scroll down to the bottom, but no one's <laughs> actually reading that. I mean, you got to be psychotic or, or what's it called when you want to inflict pain on yourself? Masochistic. Masochistic, yeah, to be reading those things. <laughs> 
Yeah. So anyway, I, but you know, it always makes me think too. Well, for example, we went to the fair back, you know, in April. And I mean, I love the fair mostly for the fudge and the cotton candy, which yeah. is horrifying, but I love it. Um, and like those rides, I mean, you know, you look at these rides and you know that they were like put up in like two hours and they're like yanked down in two hours and then driven yeah. to the next place. I can't stand car. That's a big thing. I didn't even realize this as a kid, but when you see those big trucks coming in and they literally just have people like college students throwing them together and with the same exact bolts and screws, what if one goes missing? Well, I mean, we got to open up in an hour. What can you do? Well, and the fact that you say college students, okay, I've never seen somebody who looked like a college <laughs> student running one of these rides. I mean, yeah. they're like carnies. I mean, yeah. these are people, I mean, they travel along. Um, and I mean, I don't know what kind of pride in their work they have, but it doesn't appear a lot. They're certainly not particularly friendly or helpful or anything well, like even, that. Well, even, I mean, no matter how much pride you have, everyone has bad days. There's days where you just don't feel like going to work or doing like, like work. Like screwing and, the screw in tight yeah. and making sure that. <laughs> exactly. Like some people that work from home, like, you know, they just have Netflix open on the other monitor. They skip a few meetings, what it is. But when they are having a bad day, these carnies are having a bad day. <laughs> and with that, if <laughs> you're, if you're yeah, exactly. If you're cutting corners, that could be uh-huh. pretty bad. Well, and so, th- and that's an interesting um, uh, aspect too, because on those rides, you're not signing a release each time. Yeah. But what they do are those little tickets. Now, they used to be like the, the little paper tickets, and now it's all automated. Mm-hmm. And so all of the, you know, teeny, teeny, tiny, it's saying, you know, you're taking you're you know you're accepting all of these risks but again you don't write you don't read it you don't sign anything there's nothing you know no. even remotely enforceable about something along those lines um, but again certain people I mean initially after an accident they're told well you signed a waiver or you agreed to yeah. you know to this or to that or you know you gave up your right to sue um, don't believe don't believe the person who hurt you that you don't have a right to sue uh, yeah. that's crazy you need to you need to talk to an attorney in the, under those circumstances if there's anyone that's gonna lie about it, it's probably them but <laughs> I, this does remind me of a story. This happened so long ago. I don't know if you remember this, but I think this was at Six Flags. And you know the ride where uh, you sit. It's like a square, and everyone sits around it, and it takes you all the way up. Oh, to the and top. it drops. And it dropped, but a cable broke off. And I don't know how this happened, but it like it broke while I was going down and went around a girl's arm. <gasps> Tore it off. Clean oh off. Oh, my god. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this, this was a long time ago. So this was just a story you heard. You weren't there or anything. No. Oh, my okay. God. That would be traumatic. <laughs> like, yeah, the arm flew right next to I was eating a turkey leg, and it hit my table. I was shocked. I didn't know if this was part of the experience. That's funny that you mentioned that ride, though. I mean, it's not funny, the story, but I remember back at, um, oh, what was it? It was the, the carnival that's put on by the U of A here. It was Spring Fling. Yeah. That um, you were desperate to go on that ride, and there was no way I was going on it with you, but you did go on that thing. Yeah. Um, and I let you, and that's probably a poor, it was maybe a poor parenting uh, I mean, have you got, I think it's always a great decision. you got to let your kids experience the world a little bit. Hopefully they don't lose a limb. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Fingers crossed, but at that point, you know, hopefully you didn't sign a waiver. And even if you did, then you can uh, still get courses, actionable courses that you can take. Well, actually, and I just, just in the news the other day, and before I saw these, there was a story, and luckily nobody was hurt, but it was one of those... um, uh, roller coasters where they, you know, it's like the circle, they go upside down and it yeah. got stuck upside oh down with God, everybody yeah. hanging and they were hanging there for like multiple hours. Jesus but Christ. I mean, you know, I mean, other than being completely traumatized, they did get them down and took them all to the hospital to be checked out. But physical injuries, um, you know, apparently there weren't any significant physical injuries. So I just, I think it's kind of ruining my fun at this point. Yes. I, don't, I just don't want to go on these things anymore. Well, speaking of waivers, and I know that there's some other stuff you want to get into as well. So this might burn a little bit of time. Uh, we can skip it, but it's been all over the news. Is the Titanic sub? Oh my gosh! And you know they probably signed waivers going down there as well, which I don't even understand what the appeal of that is. I mean, I saw the oh thing; it's like a gosh. tiny window being that deep underneath, packed into a small thing with like five, six smelly men. No, no thank you. Terrifying. You know, on that, I, I mean, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, but one of the things that was really hit on in the news was that was how much they made clear to the people that this was experimental um, and that, you know, there are all of the risks. And and I know that um, a couple of stories I read that said, you know, that the risk of death was like huge and highlighted. Jesus. So, yeah, which it needed to be. But I would still say that, again, it depends on exactly why this happened and did they have, you know, any particular information. Um, I think they were saying that there were certain lights or, oh, there were a lot of stories from people who had um, been on it before 
and you know certain lights were lighting up that then they were saying oh this was a malfunction so if they were aware of certain malfunctions yeah. um, and they hadn't addressed those that might be a way to get around it but as far as waivers go that was going to be a pretty pretty good one um, and I think that those people knew that there it was super super risky yeah. to um, to get in there well there's a really old video that surfaced too of the creator of it talking about like how they produce and everything and the uh, pressure you know vault thing that was something that was really official and they had a lot of engineers come in but there's a lot of other aspects that they just winked and they actually got a Amazon controller like a like a video game controller and like an overnight delivery it, Amazon yeah and they connected up and that was one of the ways that they controlled it Oh my gosh. Yeah, and you can see it like in pic pictures of the actual device. There's just a wired controller in the middle of it. And there's pictures of, you know, the wreckage at the bottom. Oh. And you can see the controller still there. Wow. Yeah. Seen those. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Scary stuff. Well, yeah, that's, I can't, I cannot even imagine. I mean, I'm also a, a little bit claustrophobic. I found it recently, so I definitely wouldn't have been getting in that uh, thing. Yeah, I'm terrified of like deep sea as well. The ocean is just a terrible, terrifying <laughs> idea to me. Like the, it was a statistic. We've only uh, discovered like five, or I think it's like three or 5% of the ocean. There's like over 90% of it that we just know nothing about. Well, I know enough, and there's plenty of sharks in there, which have apparently been making like a big showing this past Fourth of July weekend all over the East Coast. There's like videos of oh, in Florida and and New York, Fire Island. I mean, you know, all the people out there, and then there's big fins just dun 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 dun. dun. Well, there was that one video of the high schooler that was uh, committed to a D1 baseball school and they were on a cruise and his friends dared him to jump off the edge of the cruise into the ocean and this is at night too and everyone a lot of people saw him jump and he jumped in and they threw the buoy and he started swimming towards the buoy but then turned around and swam away and everyone was confused they couldn't find him they went on a two-day search uh, and then he was pronounced dead or you know lost at sea but they, there was a video of it, and they zoomed in, and they could see that there. It looked like there was a fin that popped up right next to the buoy, which oh is why goodness. they think he started swimming towards it and then turned around to swim away from the sharks. Um, and then the Coast Guard also came out and said that that area is very prevalent for oh sharks. I mean, just what an idiot, though. I mean, d jumping into the middle of the ocean at night, I can't think of anything more terrifying. That is horrendous well and it's a huge like you know crime as well i mean massive cruise <laughs> like it's not like they can just no, like throw the it's anchor like international down international maritime law yeah. violations and all kinds of craziness yeah. uh, all right yeah well okay we've gone over a lot of <laughs> a lot of topics a lot so of interesting far. things um we should probably hop into updates on cases sure well a couple quick updates um and one involves the social media lawsuits that we've talked about and that we've been involved in those and this one kind of jumped out at me because it involves um, a school district that is joined um into the the uh, lawsuit so there are individual um well, parents of children and 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 the uh, the minors who have been affected, but then there's also school districts who are joining in these lawsuits against the social media com com uh, companies. And so one was the Montgomery County Public Schools, which actually, when I grew up back in Maryland, I went to the Montgomery County Public Schools. I was in that system, so it was kind of um, interesting. And it's it's uh, Maryland's largest, um, so they've jumped in. They're expecting. Um, I think there's about 500 districts that are already participating in the lawsuit, wow. and they're expecting you know hundreds more to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just a slightly different angle. Um, you know, individual people who have been injured um, are are making claims for their damages, but the school districts also are saying, "Hey, you know, this is a huge issue for us. These students, I mean, they are really suffering. There's all sorts of mental illness. There's eating disorders. There's all of these things. It's interfering with the ability." for us to teach these children and it's incurring we're incurring a lot of costs and yeah. we need to be able to provide resources um, within the school district and so because you've now caused this problem social yeah. media companies you need to compensate us so that we can help these kids so I thought that was just an interesting um, another angle to that this whole big yeah crazy mess well, it makes sense, too, because, I mean, especially at a lot of these public schools where there's just so many kids, and it's really easy to kind of fall off into the background, and these problems are so serious and scarring and life-changing at times. Um, 
that you know it's 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 impossible for these schools to have the resources necessary yeah. especially with only state funding right. and it, it seems again necessary for them to receive some type of outsource funding to exactly. even attempt at attacking this problem yeah exactly so that's going to be a big aspect of it for sure um i just thought it was kind of interesting that my old my old school district is jumping in <laughs> uh, and do you think uh, more school districts will be joining oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely um i mean there isn't a school district out there that exactly. hasn't been affected i can't even i can't yeah. even imagine so yeah. so that should be interesting um and when one other update we had talked about the last time about the pfas um, contamination and that there was the big settlement. Um, but the one company that had not yet settled was 3M. And then uh, 3M has ultimately jumped in with a $12.5 billion um, settlement. So this is with regard to the water contamination. Mm -hmm. um, there are individuals who um, have been exposed to these forever chemicals in the water who are uh, experiencing um, cancers, thyroid issues, um, that sort of thing. And then also the individual water districts are now having to um, come up with uh, new ways to clean the water that they're providing to their customers. And so that's a huge um, expense for them. Um, and then along with that, they're also saying that the, that the P, uh, that uh, 3M will no longer even manufacture PFAS at, by the end of 2025. So, I mean, this stuff is out there and it's called forever chemicals for a reason. It's going to be around forever. Yeah. Um, but at least we're not going to, or not me personally, but they will not be producing this any longer after 2025. And hopefully part of this settlement will allow the various water districts to um, ensure that the water is appropriately filtered and cleaned um, and to hopefully start um, reducing the exposure in the future. And you said it was $12.5 billion. Mm -hmm. so that's so insane. It's just such an indescribable amount of money. And 3M seems to kind of have their, their hands in every pot over here. <laughs> their hands in a lot of pots. Yeah, they're getting Definitely. hit They back got to the earplugs. They've got the bear huggers. You know, they make our nice little stickies. Um, luckily, nobody's been killed by the stickies lately, but everything else seems pretty dangerous. Well, how the hell are they, like, <laughs> staying in business? I mean, they, someone's got to be like, come on, guys, like, you got to... <laughs> You gotta clean something up here one of these days. Well, they're making so much money selling all of this horrible stuff that they have plenty of money to pay for, you know, when ultimately they get called out and yeah. get caught. Which is, I mean, that's a statement in its own, right? They are making so much money that they're able to continuously have these million and billion dollar settlements and just, it's still profitable to keep on going. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of these big companies, the drug companies and, and, and the product companies. So. so. Uh, crazy stuff. We are kind of coming to a close here on the hour. Um, I don't know if there's some final topics or things that you definitely want to cover um, this show, and then we can definitely give a little teaser for next week. Yeah, so um, we did actually mention the last time that we were going to be talking about Ozempic, and, and Ozempic is kind of a big and hot topic right now um, because everybody is just going crazy and wants to use it off-label for um, weight yeah. loss. So, you know, perhaps we can talk about it briefly and maybe get back into it again a little bit uh, more next week if that if that makes more sense. We don't want to drag this out too, too far. But. Well, I think the Ozempic is a really interesting one because there's so many accurate being thrown around how it's like the Hollywood drug. You yeah, know, there's yeah. all of these actresses that are going through massive uh, changes and, and massive weight gains or weight losses, I guess. Um, and also the side effects are insane for them. I mean, you really got to be sacrificed and putting your body on the line for, you know, this visual look. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there, this drug is out there for a reason, and it's for people who have type 2 diabetes. And one of the big critiques, of course, is that all of these people are using it off-label. Um, I mean, and it's very expensive. I mean, if you don't have insurance, it's going to be, I think it's like twelve or $1,500 a month for the yeah. injections. Um, but people are just buying it up like crazy. And so the people who actually do need it for a medical condition yeah. are unable to get it. Um, and the reality is that it actually, I mean, it's, it is a risky drug. Drug, but with any drug, you know, there's a risk-benefit analysis. And so you look at what is the problem that you have, the reason that you are taking the drug, and do the risks 
um, way, do the, the benefits of this drug outweigh any potential risks? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a very different analysis when you're using it solely, you know, for a cosmetic, um, for something that basically you, you can do. You can lose, I mean, everybody can lose weight without a drug. Um, I mean, it's not very pleasant because, you know, you can't eat certain things and you got to exercise and blah, 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 everything that we're told constantly. Um. But, you know, it's, it's if you want to go for this quick fix, and again, it doesn't even work for everybody. That's the reality of it. Yeah. You know, um, very expensive, but quick fix. Um, and you're going to take some really serious risks. Um, and one of the problems that people are having um, are, are, are gallbladder issues. And there are actually lawsuits pending right now because um, the warning is not um, considered to be sufficient for the gallbladder problems. And a lot of people are having to ha- actually have their gallbladders removed, which is, yes. you know, again, it's a, it's a surgery. There's risks inherent yeah. in any surgery. But, um, you know, there's also, you know, long-term consequences of not having a gallbladder and limitations on things that you can eat and that sort of thing. This might be a silly question, but I've never known the answer to it. What 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 does the gallbladder do? I think it's one of the like funniest named organs in the body. Yeah, uh, it actually, um, and I'm going to get the exact description because it has to do with the bile um, processing. Jeez, oh, yeah. I mean, gall, the name gallbladder sounds grimy. Like there's <laughs> there's some grimy stuff going on in that organ. Yeah, let me give you the actual details. But it sounds like it's not super essential if they're able to just kind of take it out, like an appendix-type situation. Yeah, so basically the gallbladder is, it's a container for digestive fluid, basically bile, mm. um, and that releases into the small intestine. Um, and so so sometimes the initial problem is gallstones, and those can block the oh. tube that leads um, out from the bladder. The bile accumulates, um, and that inflames the gallbladder. Um, and if you don't treat it quickly enough, you can have a gallbladder rupture, which, you know, can be life-threatening. Yeah. Um, so, and, 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 you know, and they say that actually if you don't have your gallbladder, the liver can handle some of that. Um, but, you know, it, I, I know um, I was handling, um, it was one of the birth control uh, litigations a few years ago, and one of the problems was that people were um, losing their gallbladders. And, you know, it really restricted their diet. I mean, they couldn't eat anything, like the things that you love, like the fast food stuff, oh, anything yeah. that's greasy. In and uh, out, baby, every yeah. time, every day. In and out's going to be off of, <laughs> off of the list. So although if you can't eat in and out, that's going to go a long way maybe to the weight loss as well. That's true. So who knows? But um, but but I mean, really, and, and we can hit on this a little bit more next week too, because it is a really hot topic, um, and there are some kind of even cosmetic side effects that are happening that people don't like um, going along with this. And so there's some real reasons to seriously think twice before you yeah. use this, just as a, a as a means for weight loss. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm, I'm definitely interested to get into it. I know that there's a lot of side effects, and it is, like I said, the Hollywood drug, which I think is so... Yeah, TikTok. I mean, that's what, yeah. you know, that's where people, I mean, get their news and, and <laughs> these before and after, and that's just nuts. Yeah, and gallbladder, I feel like it's not one of those organs you really, you really hear about being problematic very often. Uh, you know, liver, kidneys, yeah. I feel like those are kind of the basic ones. Uh, but rupture, I mean, anything that's rupturing in your well, body yeah, is Yeah, I mean, terrifying. you can die. Well, and the other thing, too, about this is just that, you know, this is a, it's, it's a medication for a very specific issue, and people are using it off, um, off-label. And when people start, and again, these are relatively newer medications, so we don't even know what all the complications are. But I think we're damn sure going to find out when mm-hmm. not only are people using it, I mean, they can't produce this stuff fast enough. I mean, that's why wow. there's a shortage. People want it so much. So well, people who need it literally cannot get it. And it's not over the counter, right? So there's doctors that are no are knowingly prescribing there this. There are doctors, and there are people online who are saying, you know, well, they will write you the prescription for it. It's kind of questionable, but a lot of people are getting it online, and I don't know exactly how that works, but, yeah. but, you know, in theory without a prescription. Um, but I mean, there's always circumstances where that, you know, you'll get this, you'll have a, a telephonic consultation and certain yeah. doctors will give you a prescription based on that. It's um, like a marijuana no exam- card. Yeah. I was going to say like the chiropractors are giving you the, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I got back pain. Oh, shit. It, well, I mean, so, so I think that that's a lot of how they're getting it, but, but the really, again, 
now that now that so many people are using it, I think we're going to find out what the real issues are. Yeah. Um, and there probably are other things. Again, a newer medication. I'm I'm never a big fan of those newer medications because you don't know until a lot of people try it. Um, and, and gallbladder is bad. You don't. You know, that's not a problem I would want to have. But who knows what else is going to come out of this? So yeah. we'll just have to kind of kind of wait and see. Yeah. I mean, with so many people using it too, the issues that should be minute or very low odds of. We're going to see a lot. Exactly. It just yeah. kind of happens. And then, like you said, I'm sure a lot of these people don't even really know what the risks are. They just want to lose a few pounds and yeah. kind of easy life hack there. I know. I know. So we're going to have to tie this up pretty quickly so that I can get on my on my treadmill because I can't just go get a Wagovi shot or a, yeah. <laughs> or an Ozempic shot. I'm going to have to really do, put in the work here in the sweat, I Watch guess. Watch the calories, <laughs> skip out on the sugar, chocolate. Yeah. No, I feel you. Oh, and, and, and I actually do have a little birthday cake for you still, too. So I know. Um, all right. Awesome. Is there anything else that we're going to be going into next week? I mean, overall, I feel like I love I mean, these shows are a good time. I was, I was a little sad last week that we missed it. I was yeah. looking forward to this week. Nice little update. Yeah. And uh, just checking in with everyone as well. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, but I know that people were anxious to hear about the whole monkey situation. So I'm glad we got that covered, um, got that update out. Um, I mean, there's always, always things. Um, I have plenty, plenty more things to talk about. So um, we will. Well, next week we'll we'll talk about one and a, a different type of hernia mesh, and maybe jump into the Ozempic a little bit more also. And who knows? In a week, what else we could find out about Ozempic that we don't even know today? I mean, you know, it's 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 a hot thing and uh things are changing by the day and hopefully all those monkeys will be out of their barrels yes exactly i know i'll definitely throw uh i'll send fern a few pictures skelly king and all that so everyone can kind of take a look at it i mean it's it's some crazy ideas but glad to give the update and if anyone has any questions about anything yeah, or really anything. Obviously, we'll talk about anything. I know. I mean, you know, somehow it kind of gets, uh, there's some legal aspect to it somewhere. We'll figure one out. Yeah, it always ties together one way or the <laughs> other. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in this week, another week of uh, prioritizing profits. If anyone has questions, like I said, just throw them in the comment section, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, TikTok, whatever you need. We're all there. We're <laughs> everywhere. We are everywhere. Uh, but yeah, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Prioritizing profits, prioritizing, prioritizing, prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases.